Hi, I'm Pastor Nick with Grace Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us in our online service. If you're interested, we also offer in-person service every Sunday morning at 1030. We have Wednesday night activities for youth, kids, and college age every Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And there's food there. So, now, let's see what the pastor has to say. We have that faith just because we have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ doesn't mean that everything is going to go just the way we want it to. How many of you this morning have had difficulty this past week? Don't raise your hands. I, I, I know. There's probably nobody in this room that hadn't dealt with all kinds of struggles. We all deal with those things. I want you to look. Hey, if you don't have your Bibles open, be sure you turn your Bibles open to Nehemiah chapter 4. Is where we are this morning. And I want you to look at the title of the message. You see what it is? Trouble in the rubble, all right? There are times in our lives where it doesn't seem anything goes right. Now, I know I'm going to make this brief, uh, Charlie. I'm going to make this as brief as I can, but this is the way it's been for Karen and for me for the last month. The first thing that happened was our refrigerator died, and we've been trying to replace a refrigerator now for five weeks, all right? And so the refrigerator that we're using is in the garage, which is a loaner uh, from the people that we bought our refrigerator from. So that's created some difficulty for us. Uh, I just say, Karen, would you go out to the garage and get a bottle of pop for me? Uh, so it makes, it makes it a little harder for her to have to do that. But, but there are other things that have happened. We had a new fence put up because our fence was falling down. We did that. That kind of messed our schedules up and everything went wrong there and nothing seemed to work right. And then what happened at that point, Karen noticed that the water bill was higher this year than it was last year. And I thought, well, we haven't used as much water as we did. And then I remember hearing the toilet in our bathroom running all the time when, you know how it would just kind of come on and run? That's never happened in your house. And so I began to look at that because everybody knows I am just as good a plumber as I am a carpenter. Uh, <laughs> And so my answer was to take up the toilet. And when I took up the toilet, I found that the ring had basically kind of, and has been this way, I guess, since the house was built. Uh, and that is over 22 years ago. Uh, and so I thought, well, you know what I better do? I better crawl under the house to see what it looks like down there. You know what? There are points in your life when you go, this is probably not a good idea. I, I did. I, did, I told Karen, I said, you know, I went underneath the main trunk. The only way I could get out after going under that trunk was to exhale and scoot, exhale and scoot. And I got out finally, and I told Karen, I said, it's a mess down there. I don't know what we're going to do. So Karen said, I know what we're going to do. We're going to call a plumber. So we did that. But in the process, I thought I need to dry that place out, that wood that's gotten so wet. And so I had pulled the car in, and as I was pulling the car in, I thought, you know what, I need to get the fan that's right over there. Now what's happened is we have a two-car garage that has a refrigerator in it, and so everything has shifted to the right. So as I begin to back out, I peel the passenger side mirror off the side of the car. And I keep going, Lord, is there anything else I need to do to mess up this day? But in our lives, I think there are times when the troubles just seem so overwhelming. I've thought about this. We don't see any disappointment in Nehemiah when he goes around the city 
Remember when we looked at that back in chapter 2 of Nehemiah? He goes at night. <laughs> he goes at night. Because I don't think he wants to see all the problems that are there, but he doesn't take anybody with him. He goes by himself. And as he looks, all he sees are the tight places, the rubble, the problems. And how does he react? If you have your Bibles, we're going to keep going back to this passage because I think it's, it's important for us to remember. Look, uh, this I don't believe, it may be. Look at, uh, is Nehemiah 2, 17, guys, we got that? Nehemiah 2, look at, there it is there. Good. Thank you, Nick. Look what he says. You see the trouble we're in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been abandoned and burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and we'll no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king had said to me. And this is what the people said. Let us start rebuilding so they began this good work. God has a good work in store for Grace Baptist Church. God has a plan for Grace Baptist Church. God has designs on each of our lives who are a part of Grace Baptist Church to be a part of what it means to build up the body of Christ, to be here, to be participants in doing and sharing what God has shared with us. That's the message that Simon shared with us just a little while ago. A message of what it means to understand that the primary purpose that we have, the primary objective that we have as believers, as a part of Grace Baptist Church, is to tell other people about the good news of Jesus and how he has impacted our lives. That is your personal testimony. And I've said this, I know, countless times since I've been here. Nobody has the same the same testimony that you have. It's the same Lord, it's the same message, it's the same hope, but it's a personality that changes everything. My personal testimony, your personal te testimony, Simon's personal testimony, that we are about telling other people what Jesus is, has done, and will do in our lives. That is the message of hope that I think we see in those words in, in Second Nehemiah as he shares with us and the response that the people have. Yeah, let's get to work. Let's begin it. There are things that we look at, difficulties that we face, and those were some of the things that were going on with Nehemiah. The first thing that Nehemiah and the children of Israel discovered, and that is that sustaining the wall is a never-ending job. Just because you put some paint on something doesn't mean it's fixed. Just because you lift a rock or two doesn't mean it's fixed. I want you to look with me, uh, and this will take just a second. I should have, there you go. I should have had Charlie read all this. Uh, if he was here, I'd probably have him come back up, but I'll do it. Look at uh, Nehemiah 4, verse 1, and we'll read, we'll read basically through verse 6. When Sanballat heard what we were rebuilding the wall, he became very angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews... And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifice? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? And then in verse 3, Tobiah chimes in. Chimes in. He says, uh, who, was, excuse me, who was at his side said, what they're building, even a fox, I referred to this uh, last Sunday, even a fox climbing upon it would break down the wall 
uh, of the stone. And then we see another group of people speaking. Nehemiah speaks. He says, Hear us, our God, for we are displeased. Turn, the insult, turn their insults into their own heads. Give them over to plunder in the land of captivity. Do not cover their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, but they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. And verse 6 says this, So we rebuilt the wall until it all reached half its height, for the people worked, how? With all their hearts. That's the message of what God calls us to do. We think about what it means for us to re recognize that God has a message for each of us and a task for each of us, and that is to be about rebuilding the body of Christ. And it's not that the, body, the body of Christ is broken down. What it is, it becomes damaged. It becomes hurt. It becomes lessened. Uh, look at this and think about the numbers of people that have been a part of this congregation in the past years. What has happened? Where are those people? We have a responsibility. When a member is not here, when a part of the body is missing, you know what you do? You give them a call and say, hey, we missed you in Sunday school this morning. If a problem comes up in someone's life, we talked about this in our Sunday school class this morning. If somebody's got a problem and is in the hospital and needs somebody to be there for them, you know what? The pastor can't be every place. The deacons can't be every place. And so what happens is individuals go. And they're there to pray with and encourage and lift up one another. And that message that we saw this morning in the book of Daniel is a message that is similar. Daniel is going through everything that Nehemiah is talking about. He's done it already. He's already experienced the difficulties, the trials, those issues that we all face. And so how do we do those things? Where do we go for help? Nehemiah goes to the Lord first and foremost and recognizes that God is able to take those problems that he has and he's able to deal with those things no matter what they are, no matter how overwhelming they seem. And this church has been about that message. It's important for you to remember that us to remember that when we're talking about this going on, this is a hundred years after, after Ezra and the first Jews go back to Jerusalem. And the walls are still not done. Anybody know what happened on January 3rd this year? It was our 101st birthday. Now, I had to check with Nick. I don't think, Nick, were there any balloons? Was there any confetti that flew? Any cake? Okay, all right, no cake. Nothing. So does that mean that our anniversary just passed and we missed it? What that means is that we look back to that 100th year celebration that we had just a year ago and we think about what God has done for us and we look at what God is ready to do for us. And that is where we are. But the problem that we have and always have to remember is that we are called to sustain those walls that have fallen down. That we are about building up what's broken down. We are about encouraging one another and living and loving for one another in that relationship we have. If you're here this morning and you're not a believer, this may not make sense to you. But it makes sense to each of us who know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because we know what it means to have brothers and sisters who are there with us praying for us, encouraging us. And we see the results in their lives.
And they see Christ moving within us as we do what Christ has called us to. This church has done that faithfully for over 100 years. And God is not through with Grace Baptist Church yet because he has a purpose for us being here. That's the reason that the Jews didn't stay in Babylon. That's the reason that Nehemiah didn't stay in Susa. He couldn't do it. He had to be where God had called him. And God has called each of us who are here this morning to this time and place for one reason. And that is to give glory and honor to him for the love that he has for us. To ask him for that forgiveness that we need to have in our lives. And recognize that he is the one that's able to make us what we're called to be. And that is his servants, his children, and he is our Lord. We do that because God has shared that message of hope with us personally and he sent Jesus Christ to die on Calvary's cross for our sins that we might be able to come to him freely, boldly before the throne of God, knowing that our Savior has paved the way. That is the message that, that Nehemiah understands. Now, Jesus had not yet come. All he had was the promise of the one who was coming. We have the promise fulfilled in our lives, and we ought to be living differently looking at those situations and things that would overwhelm us and recognizing that they're not going to do that. <laughs> the song that we sang earlier, did you hear that? The good old Martin Luther hymn. Thank you, Robert. I didn't know you were going to do that. The body they may kill, Christ's truth endureth still. The message is in our lives we have a message of hope not of death. We have a message of life, not death. We have a message of eternal relationship because of what God has done for us. And knowing that, we're called to live that every day of our lives. Paul sought to share that with the church in Acts 20, verse 22 and following. This is what Paul looked at when he looked at all the problems. Think about the problems that Paul went through. We see that in the book of 2 Corinthians where he talks about all the beatings he's taken, all the problems he's had. But there's a message he shares with the church, and he says it in Acts 20, uh, beginning in 22. He says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen there. I only know that in every center the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if I may only finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of, look at it, testifying to the gospel of God's grace. That is what we are to be about. That is the message of what Grace Baptist Church is to be about. That is the hope that is ours, is that God is a gracious, loving God, and that is the name of our body. We are Grace Baptist Church. God's grace, God's goodness. Building the wall is a never-ending project. The second thing I think Nehemiah shares with the children of Israel is when we're not about <clears throat> doing our work, the enemy is thrilled with our progress. Look at verse 7 in chapter 4. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, and the, Arab, uh, the Arabs and the Ammonites and the men of Ashdod heard that the repairs of Jerusalem walls had gone ahead and with the gaps were being filled and closed, they were very angry. And they plotted together to come to fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. Uh, I, I just tell you this, if, if you look, hold that up just a second, if you could. Leave scripture up just a minute. I want you to look at that. When you look at Sanballat, Sanballat is a Sumerian, all right? 
Now you think about, here's my, everybody see the map that's right here? Here's Jerusalem right here. Samaria is right up here. You know, that's where Paul went when he was struck blind, all right, on the road to Samaria is where he was. But, but when you think about Tobiah, the Ammonite, he lived, let me get my math, my math straight here, get it straight. You've got Samballot up here. Tobiah is over here on the east, the east of Jerusalem. Geshem was an Arab. He lived south of Jerusalem. And the men of Ashdod were Philistines. Where did they live? They lived on the coast, didn't they? Do you see it? Do you, if you look there, you'll see it. They're surrounded. We live in a world today where we are surrounded by the enemy. And before you lose sight of what I'm talking about, I want you to think about, we talked about this not long ago. We don't battle flesh and blood. It's the spirit of this world. It's the nature of this world. All those things that we know that we shouldn't be doing, the things that we know we should be doing that we're not doing, those are the things that are the spirits of this world are calling us to be fearful of. And in the middle of this, as Nehemiah writes this, what's he doing? He's saying, I think, to each of us who are here today listening and reading what he said, is that you may be surrounded this morning, and it may be that your life and your problems seem so overwhelming that you think you could never get another breath. You could never get your head above the water to deal with these difficulties, but God's Word is true, and that's the message that Paul shared in Acts 20. He says, I look around and I see all these problems, but what is my job? My job is to tell other people about Jesus Christ's love and his sacrifice. Church, are we about that? Are we demonstrating that? Are we demonstrating the hope that is ours? Here's the thing I think Satan rejoices in. When we aren't doing anything, I think he is satisfied as satisfied can be. When I was 13 years old, I went to a friend's name, and Johnny he had a farm out just not too far from where my house was. And here's the problem that you had, 13-year-old boys with shotguns, but that's what we had, all right? Uh, but we went out, and as we were walking we saw a huge hornet's nest. It was probably the better part of two feet long and the better part of a foot and a half, two feet wide. Now those hornets in that nest had been there for years and years and years building that nest, and they were satisfied. Everything was fine with them until two 13-year-old boys with shotguns came up. And those two 13-year-old boys had a good idea. Okay, on three, we're going to shoot. And we did. What do you think happened? The world of those hornets was turned upside down, all right? And they were no longer satisfied with the way things were. And they came looking for the two dummies that had done what they had done to their nest. And guess who the two dummies were? And you've never seen two boys run as fast as they could to try to get away from the results of that. There's a message that I think God has for us in the story of what went on with Nehemiah. Those people who surrounded them became aggravated when? When the wall was halfway done. And what did they look at? They looked and they saw the wall. Hey, the cracks in the walls are being repaired. This one wall, there's a low wall, right? 
What does he do? That's the message that we, we heard just a second ago uh, read for us from Charlie. They station people behind the wall. I love that. At the low spot. So if the enemy comes there, what's going to happen? There's going to be a mob that's going to be ready to jump on them. Church, we need to be prepared for every circumstance and everything that goes on in our lives. And there are disappointments that are myriad in our lives. Things that are always going wrong. And we wonder, how are we going to do this? Oh, how are we going to do this? Or where are we going to go? We do the same thing that Nehemiah did. We return to the one who can make the difference. And we thank God for what he does. And we praise him and we say, God, we trust you through this situation and through these circumstances. Because we know the problems are going to come. We know the problems are going to be there, but we're not going to quit because we know the hope that you've shared with us in Jesus Christ. And we know the, what it means to have that personal relationship with him. And I hope in the future that we'll have opportunity to have more and more people to come and talk about what it means not just to put pins and a board out here. All the pins and the board do give record to where we are and what we're doing and sharing the gospel message with countless people. I'd share a testimony on that, but I won't, uh, because that lady may be watching right now. But I did that this past week. Two ladies. And my prayer would be, I want you to pray for them. Kind of like what I know Simon's doing with those people that he loves and cares for, those people that he shared with. Pray for those people that God would open their hearts and open their minds. But the problem that we face is that realization that in our lives, that these things are always going to be a part of who we are. And so what do we do? Do we give up because we're surrounded? Do we quit because we can't deal with the stuff that goes on around us? And the message is no. We do all that we can to fulfill God's message. The disciples, the disciples are talking with Jesus after the crucifixion. They thought everything was over. They thought they were done for. They thought the message was finished. Matthew 28, 16. When the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, when they saw him, they worshipped him. But listen to this. But some of them doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And here comes... And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. You and I are called to deal with that and recognize who we have by our side, who we have within us, who is able to help us face those difficulties and face those trials that seem so overwhelming. We have the God of creation that is a part of our lives, and we can turn to him anytime we need and trust him. Does that mean that the problems won't come? No, that's what we just see happening here. The, the message is that the problems are going to be more coming. That we'll have more difficulty. We'll have more trials. That the difficulties are not, because the enemy is not satisfied with where we are if we are with Christ. They want us to be as far away from that relationship as he can possibly be. We can possibly be. And we need to recognize what it means to trust him. We need to give our lives to him, yield those lives to him, and in doing so, see the power that is ours. For still our ancient foe to seek to work us woe, his craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. 
John 16, 33, Jesus said these words to us. I've told you these things that you may, <clears throat> may have peace. In this world, you'll have troubles. <laughs> Don't you love it? But take heart. I've, I've overcome the world. If that's not a praise God, I don't know what is. He says that to us in those difficulties. Take heart. I've overcome the world. Those problems are going to still be with you. They're not going to disappear. They're still there. And as you deal with those medical problems that are yours, as you deal with those emotional problems that are yours, as you deal with those family problems that are yours, what do you remember? Take heart. I've overcome the world. That which you fear the most, even death, I've overcome that because of my love for you. It's pretty simple. When we look at what Nehemiah is talking about, there's two things we recognize, two things that we see. Building the walls and never-ending pro project, and when we're about our work, the enemy's thrilled at the progress that we're making. There's a third thing we see. Sometimes the stumbling blocks outnumber the building blocks in our lives. Uh, there are lots of problems that you have. Some of you spend countless hours at the doctor's office and in the hospitals. And you think, I just can't seem to get anything done. It just seems like the burdens are too much for me. How can I deal with this? And then there are those people who are good to come to us and tell us how difficult their problems are. Have you ever had people that do that for you? When you tell them about your problems, you know what? I'm going to one-up you. My problem's worse than yours. Let me tell you about this, what's going on with me. It's a lot worse than what you've got. God's Word calls us to be two things, one of two things. We are either stumbling blocks or we're stepping stones. In our lives, we're called to be, as believers, stepping stones. To help one another see God's providence, to see God's hand, to see God's deliverance, and share with those people, God can see you through this. You know what? There is nothing. You cannot tell me enough. You can look around you and see the people that you're doing. You can't tell people enough in this room, you know what? I'm praying for you. And I'm not talking about I'll be praying for you. No. I want to tell you. I want to tell you, David, I'll be praying for you and mean it in such a way that people see and know that you're genuine in that relationship and that you're actually doing that. That tells them so much. It tells them that you love them, but it also shows to them that God loves them. And I thank God for his presence in the lives of so many of us who are here today and what it means for us to understand that, that comfort, that peace that we don't understand. Uh, but look at what in Nehemiah 4.10, look and see how the people responded. Does this sound familiar to you? Meanwhile, the people of Judah said, this, these are the people that are surrounding Jerusalem. These are the people that live outside the city walls. Look what they say. The strength of the laborers is giving out. There's no, there, excuse me, there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. I'm too tired I'm too old. I can't do anything anymore. Have you ever heard that? I'm not able to do that. Don't tell people what you can't do. Figure out what you can do and then be about what you can do. Pray for people. 
show God's grace to them. But look at, it doesn't let up now. Look at verse 11. Also our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we'll be right there among them and we'll kill them and put an end to their work. You think the enemy's trying to do that? Does the enemy like it? Nick and I have talked about this incessantly the last six months. Seems like every time something really good happens and God really blesses us, there's a major catastrophe that happens. The computer breaks down, something happens, we have a vehicle breakdown. But you know what? I'd tell you this. Our toilet got fixed in about 45 minutes. It would have taken me 45 days, but the plumbers did it in 45 minutes. You know what? Karen and I got out. We are not auto mechanics. Cliff, you know that. Uh, we're not auto. But we began to monkey with that mirror, and you know what? It, it's sitting on the car out here today. And we began to see God's hand in each of those problems in our lives. God is able to do that in all of our lives. Does that mean if I have cancer that my cancer is just going to disappear like that? God is able to take care of that for us. He's able to do that in our lives. And how many of us in this room have seen evidence of that and heard of evidence of that with heart trouble and all those other problems that people have? And we thank God for that. But to have those people that are beside us saying to us, you know what, you're not going to ever make it out of this. You're never going to make it past where God would have you be. God calls us to remember that there are always those naysayers in our lives that say that. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work. Verse 12, then the Jews who lived near them came and told them ten times over, wherever you turn, they'll attack us. The enemy is there. The message is pretty simple. The world calls us to give up and quit. God calls us to remember who we are and where we are and what the message is that's to be ours, and that is the message of Christ. Look at verse 11 in chapter 4 one more time. Nehemiah 4:11. Also our enemies said, before they know or see us, they'll be right there among us, and we'll kill them and put an end to their work. That's the Samaritans, the Amorites, the Arabs, the Philistines, the message that's there is obvious. But Paul says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Most of you can quote this. I'll do so not quoting, but reading. Knowing all these things were more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither heights nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is the message of our hope. That is the promise of our salvation, that Christ will never leave us. That's the message of what it means to be a stepping stone. You share that message with somebody. You share that message of hope with somebody that desperately needs to hear it today. If you're here and you're listening to that, remember the message that Paul shared. He shared the message and the fulfillment of God's love for him. Finally, this morning, you take a look at your life and you think about where you are and the problems that are there and what was going on with Nehemiah and the children of Israel. And you see in verse 13 and 14, God is called to be trusted. Verse 13, Therefore I stationed some of the people behind the walls at the lowest point, this is what Charlie read to us, in the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows, after I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. 
That should be the call that is ours. It's a message for us to recognize that we are called to fight for what is ours in Christ, that love we have. Peter shares this message with us about not forgetting that hope. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, yet because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. This is not new. This is something that's been going on for generations. In just a moment, we're going to sing this song. This is a part of it. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Nehemiah knew where to put his hope. Nehemiah knew where to put his faith. Do you? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? If you were to stand before God this morning and he was to say, why should I let you in heaven? What would your response be? You know what? I attended worship at Grace Baptist Church. I taught a Sunday school class at Grace Baptist Church. I helped with the youth at Grace Baptist Church. I drove the bus at Grace Baptist Church. I attended regularly. I sat next to Mary and Marty and Sue and Joan and I, and I, and I sang in the choir and I did. What is it? What makes the difference? The only word we can share, the only message we have is that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I put him at the center of who I am and my life and everything I've given to him, just like Zacchaeus did. I give it all to you. And Jesus said about Zacchaeus after he came down out of that tree that today, today, this man is a child of God. You and I are called to trust him with everything we have. He calls us to do that. Please join with me in prayer. Father, we thank you this day for the blessings that you come and share with us. Whether we trust you or not, you still share those blessings. Whether we live for you or not, you still share those blessings. But Father, we thank you for the fact that we know that the reason the blessings come is not because we're good, but because you are. And we thank you for that. You are a good and loving God. Help us, Father, in our lives to evaluate whether we've ever given our lives to you. If there's one here this morning that's never done that, someone that's never given their life to you, I pray they just pray this prayer. Father, I come to you and I recognize that I can't do anything to make things right between myself and you. And right now I trust Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and I give my heart to him completely. I ask for your forgiveness. I ask for your mercy and I ask you for your grace. And I just give my life to you and trust what you've told me. And that is that you love me and you care for me. If you prayed that prayer this morning, you need to know that you are in Christ right now. And there's a call that each of us have, each believer, and that would be that we would profess, we would confess that relationship we have with you through your son Jesus. Bless us, encourage us, and strengthen us today, and help us not just simply to sit and wait, but to do what you called us to do. For we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to another service with Grace Baptist Church. If you would like to contact us, all of our information is available on our website, gbcevansville.org. You can also contact us through all of our various social media accounts. Or you could just give us a call. We'd love to hear from you.